Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to uh, our home here in Judea. And when I say home, uh, then we have our delightful Malka Fleischer, who yes. is an integral part of this Delightful. Home. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me today, Malka. And uh, so much fun to be broadcasting uh, the, the story of Israel. Um, and and it keep, keeps on being complex and, right. and full. This uh, week it's kind of a hard story, yeah, to well, be honest. Right. Well, we had both the big uh, Mehron tragedy, right. which you and I were... Uh, Baruch Hashem uh, we're spared close from. To. Yeah, we right. were spared to, but we were, we were close to. Um, it's interesting, Malka. Um, it's interesting. You and I were, were, were going to head out to the north right. to our good friends, the Goldmans, uh, and to stay in the Golan Heights in a beautiful new house yeah, that they built. Two, two, two. Uh, by the way, just PS uh, public service public service announcement PS PSA, which <laughs> is um, which is that if you're thinking about making Aliyah, and you can work on the computer or have a job in the north of Israel or I don't know what, or, or you want to uh, do uh, uh, commuting to the United States and you don't need to like live in a central part here in Israel. I highly, highly want to recommend that you consider moving to the Golan Heights, especially to this community of Yonatan. It is just... Well, there's many great communities. There's many there. great communities, but it's just gorgeous. In fact, yesterday, I was on tour in Samaria. Mm-hmm. In Maka, I saw such gorgeous communities. I love Bemet. Samaria. I love Samaria. We live in Judea, which is, you know, you have Samaria up to the north, and then you have Jerusalem in the center, and then you have Judea uh, down in the south. Um, and Judea is gorgeous, but but we are our kind of roots in Israel, our original stomping grounds. Uh, we're in southern Samaria in the Benjamin region, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place with lots of wonderful communities. Yeah. So so now I got a chance to kind of tour some other communities that I'm not like like not we're as so familiar, familiar with, like Peduel. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Why? Wow. Just unstoppable views uh, towards the sea, towards mm, Tel Aviv. Yes. And at other places you can see the Hermon and in other places you could see... And you, then, you, did you see the Hermon yesterday? I did. What? I did from, from Alon Moray. Oh, man. Alon Moray, another It still place. has a little bit of snow, by the way. Yeah, Alert. we saw it. That's right. We saw There's it in the still a little Heights. snow on the Hermon. Yeah, we, we actually took an amazing trip recently. We took a very moving trip. We took a... We took a, uh, a it was a two-part water trip. We went to, to uh, one of our favorite places, uh, the Sachne Ganesh Losha. Uh, and usually there's a lot of Arabs there, uh, but during the Ramadan period, less so. It was just quieter. It was just more spacious. Uh, and Very and, sweet, wonderful water. Yeah, this, this clear water that, that even has a Roman amphitheater from 2,000 years ago. There was like a water amphitheater, the only one that they found in, in Israel, which like the Romans would sit and watch they water do sports. They like battle, fake water battles yeah. and stuff. Yeah, who could spritz the other guy better? Oh, right. You spritz me in the eye. Probably that was the first synchronized swimming. That's right. They probably had that, but they did have they had a picture of like two men, uh, like trying to trying to push each other off boats. Uh, you know yeah, that type classic. of thing. Yeah, all kinds of you know gladiator stuff. Fine, uh, but it's a beautiful water there. Um, and then and then the next day we went to a place that I always wanted to go to, which was Tel Dan. Tel Dan. Um, Tel Dan is Dan is a very famous place. That's where that's where Abraham fought. Uh, to get back Lot. It's in the north of Israel. It's under the Hermon. We saw the Don River, which was a raging, powerful, ice-melted river. It was like... I mean, raging, powerful. If you live, like, by the mighty Mississippi, so that's not the kind of raging, powerful we're talking about. The mighty about. Mississippi doesn't feel like a raging, powerful river. 
This is like this but is it like wasn't a rage. There was no rage. Uh, it I, was just a lot of water coming down. Ah, uh, I. You think it was raging? Well, you know, the question is how much how much weight you put on this adjective. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what we mean by raging. I. It was a powerful. <laughs> it's like a, how do I, there's no way to describe it. I actually videoed it. You know what I mean? I videoed it on my phone just to uh, uh, show how raging indeed it is. You know what? I'm going to put it up uh, on one of my social medias, and you can judge Fine. for yourself. It was a very powerful water at some in some parts, uh, but it was ice water coming yeah. down off the Hermon. We, we, I, I have a general fear of this, of like drinking bad water and like getting a stomach bug. I also, do you know what I have a weird fear of? What? Ever since I read about the brain-eating amoeba, yeah. Do you know about the brain-eating amoeba that goes into um, still waters? Sure. Some certain still waters? Sure. Ever since I read about that, I have a fear of the brain-eating amoeba. I'm not even joking. Anyway, but I didn't think we were going to get brain-eating amoeba from drinking the water. Right. But I did think we might get like, I don't know, some other kind of nastiness in the stomach. But the water looked so clean and good. And we decided to give it a taste. And it tasted like melted ice. From the Hermann. Yeah. It was really fun. It was really... I mean, I didn't, like, drink a liter of it. We just kind of tasted some of it. But it was really good. Here's my video, actually. I just wanted to show it yeah, to you okay. while, well, while, while we're uh, recording. While we're recording. So you could tell me if it's raging or not. Yeah, If okay, you thought let's it was uh, raging. Let's just... Uh, Can you here? put the microphone up to it? Will it sound raging? <laughs> okay. It's a 10-second video montage. It looks like a briskly flowing, briskly flowing with rocks underneath water. Whatever, Malka. <laughs> Malka, you're party pooper, okay? <laughs> That's okay. All right. Um, it was, it was no, great. It was great water. No, because Ishai, like in Israel, we just think of water a little bit differently. Like raging waters. There's people who live with like the Niagara Falls, you know what I mean? Niagara that is Falls. raging water. Malka Niagara Falls is like a world, you know, site. You know what I mean? It. What does Niagara even mean? Thundering water. In Israel, it means the water buckety thing on top of your toilet that when you flush, that's the water that comes down. It's called Niagara. <laughs> that's what they call it. <laughs> Niagara. That's real. That's a real Hebrew word that you just learned. <laughs> it's true. It's really bad. <laughs> But Ni- Niagara means thundering waters, Malka. Yes, so have, we have we have thundering waters right here. Have you ever been to Niagara? No, I've always kind of wanted to go. Why but don't it's we, sort of in the middle of nowhere? Why don't we do that on our summer trip? We'll see. Maybe I would. I'm I'm open to it. But isn't that like an eight hour drive or something? I think it's like three hours from from uh, New York, New Jersey. All right, whatever. we'll look into it. We'll yeah. we'll weigh it up. Oh, speaking of that, we shall be uh, traveling. I, I think probably I'm going to end up being traveling twice. Uh, before like the end of the summer uh, to the U.S. after a year plus of uh, of being grounded, um, I'm coming out to, to to the United States one time on a on a business trip for the Jewish community of Hebron, and that will be I will be in Southern California, Northern California, Florida, and New York. Ooh. That's right. I'm going to hit the, the 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 big spots there. I'm going to go coastal, uh, and then later on in the summer, Malka, we're going to be going uh, as a family. To uh, 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 Florida, and from them, or from their driving to Texas. So if you uh, if you are in those states of Texas and and Florida, and then if we have any listeners in Alabama, Mississippi, did I miss a state down there? Uh, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah, if if, if you if you're or, a listener, or the Houston like Houston area, or on the road from Houston to Dallas. Oh, and or on the road from Dallas to Sherman. 
Okay, we have friends like that. We have, we have uh, people all along the way. That's right. And you could be Jewish or non-Jewish or whatever you are out there. Uh, for example, I gave an interview yesterday to a place called Melissa, Texas, which is not so far from where you grew up. That's right. Uh, it's on the road from Dallas, uh, where I grew up. Pastor Trey Graham. And, and what uh, did he want to know? He wanted to talk about, he wanted to talk about our experiences in uh, Mayron and what it was all about. Well, um, that, re- that brings me, Ishai, to our spir- actual experiences in Mayron. I would like to uh, read a, a listener email. I just want to tell you guys out there how much we really enjoy listener email. Mm-hmm. So please don't be shy. Ishai, where should they send their email? Ishai at IshaiFleischer.com or Ishai at TheLandOfIsrael.com. Right. So please do send your email. This one is from our beloved friend, Krista. Uh, she writes to me, Hi, Malka. I wanted to send my love, prayers, and condolences for the tragedy in Mehron. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the whole country is in utter shock. I wish there were perfect words to say at times like this. Please know that there are lovers of Zion around the world who join in the heartbreak and who will keep his nation, capital H, and those particular families covered in prayer. May Hashem heal the broken hearts and be peace for those who mourn. Love and blessings, Krista. Amen. Thank you, Krista. God bless so that's you. That's very back. nice. And and truly, I think that what happened in Mehron, um If somebody doesn't know, a lot we're, we're talking about a a, a crowd um, accident, right? A, a, a disaster, the worst non-war disaster, uh, non-war related disaster in Israel's history. That's right. And forty-five people. Um, including a lot of children, teenagers, young men yep. um, who lost their lives in what was an accident, but what was kind of foreseeable, I guess that's the best word that I can use to describe it. Not that anyone would, would really have foreseen it. Certainly if anyone had really foreseen that, then it wouldn't have happened. Um, but we were in Mayron and... and um, and it was so crowded, and, and we took the children. It was the first time we, t- we ever took the children to Lagba Omer in Meron. Um, uh, you and I have been to Lagba Omer in Meron before, and certainly you go frequently, but I had not been since I had kids, and now Baruch Hashem, our oldest child, is a teenager. So uh, it's been a long, long time. But it wasn't as, as like joyful as I remember in previous years, for me anyway, because I felt like I was spending a lot of time just like protecting the children from from harm the huge crowds right and the crowds they were not gentle they were excited um some of them were excited in a in a very like happy way but a lot of them were excited in kind of a nervous way it felt like i have to get here i have to get there i really i i have my goals you know i really have to i i really want and, you know, everyone who's coming up to Mehron, not everyone, but almost everyone who's coming up to Mehron is really coming from a place of spirituality, a desire to connect to, to, to Hashem, to Jewish mysticism. They're coming to, to connect to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who is really um, one of the uh, major proponents of Jewish mysticism, uh, who really brought it out to the awareness, I think, of the people, um, of course, in, in creating the Zohar, the Kabbalah. And uh, so people came out for good intentions, but but in reality, it sort of ended up being like a a little bit of an aggressive situation in which it's you know, it's always a push, as you have um, talked about, I'm sure, in previous years in the show, that it's really a push to get to the actual tziyun, the kever of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which is inside uh, a building. Um, And that is a throng and that is a push. 
Um, but in previous years, it was something that was kind of funny, right? It's like there's a big crowd, there's a big push. If you want to go in and be part of that, then you do. If you're not interested, then you don't. Um, and that the, the crowd will kind of lift you up off your feet and take you different places. And it's been like that every year. Not a change this year, but it happens to be that this year there was some kind of situation involving a ramp, involving water, involving stairs, involving a crush of people. And I don't know about, you know, Isha, you're much more qualified than I am to talk to compare this year to previous years. But but from my experiences way long time ago, it just felt more intense this year than in the past. Yeah, (laughs) that could be. But uh, other people say uh, that. Really, I think there's just different levels of analysis. One level of analysis is people and their behavior. But another right. level of analysis is, has nothing to do with people and behavior. It has everything to do with the 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 logistics, the, the plant. Right, exactly. How, how, you know, the, how the situation was. And there's a lot of science today to, to crowd control. Right. And it wasn't implemented. Mm. Uh, and then there is, of course, the spiritual aspect about, uh, you know, uh, first thing about what it is to go up to, to Mehron. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's an exaggerated sense of the importance of it as mm. opposed to, for example, Jerusalem. And, and Right. That's, and, that's an actual mitzvah written in right. the Torah that you're supposed to go three times a year for the pilgrimage festivals to and, Jerusalem. And my good friend Mayor Eisenman pointed out to me that uh, there, are, there are places, there, there's, there's, a, there's a Talmud, uh, passage that says that uh, when they used to keep the lulav and etrog, when it, when Sukkot fell out on Shabbat, so they had people prepare. They put the lulav and etrog in the temple, and then picked it up on Shabbat to use it there, so they wouldn't carry it on Shabbat. Interesting. But then the rabbis were like, "Whoa, it was too much of a crush, too many pushings ah. around." So we have to we we and they said they're like, "There's no lulav and etrog on Shabbat." Wow, because of yeah. that? Because of because I never of danger. heard that. Yeah. It's it's a it's a passage in Talmud and wow. and and it's just like there are there are steps that the rabbis take the steps that we take as, as a society uh, to 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 be extra cautious right protect life yeah to to make sure that the things like this don't happen um, and um, and in any case uh, a lot of people have been talking about it uh, and then on top of the on top of the tragedy in Mehron there has been more and more attacks yes. during this Ramadan period Terrible. including. Uh, including a drive-by shooting in the uh, famous Tapuach Junction in Samaria. I was just there yesterday, yep. by the way, and you know what I saw? What did you see? I saw at the Tapuach Junction, they put up an army, uh, a makeshift army uh, emergency command center. Wow, what does that mean? It means like green trucks and green jeeps and green awnings and camouflaged awnings and a lot of electronics and antennas in the air and all uh, kinds of stuff like that. They put their presence down, right, in that well, place. Well, no, they they made an emergency command post to hunt uh, the shooter mm-hmm. and to and to track him down and to command special operations units all around so you saw this like hyper intense like like you know you know the army's supposed to be mean to look mean right and and you saw it i was like whoa that's good well and it was just i like, mean it's a little and and an it would have been nice if that had happened a few days earlier well an hour after after this young man named yehuda guetta yes uh had succumbed to his wounds Terrible. this uh, this young student at the intamar yeshiva all the people who were shot in this attack uh a drive-by shooting 
were 19. Yeah. 19 year old boys. Right. You had Yehuda Guetta. And, and I just want us to stop for a second and send our prayers and blessings out, especially to Benaya Peretz, who's 19 from Beit Sha'an. He is in very serious condition after having been shot in the back. Yes. Um, and Amichai Hala from Tzvat, also 19, uh, has actually been released home, but I'm sure that he even was shot in the neck. Unbelievable. He was shot in the neck, but it like missed everything. That's a, that's an absolute yeah. miracle. But nonetheless, uh, I'm sure that he is uh, really shuddering from his experience and people carry things like that with them for a very, sure. very long time. Absolutely. So we Absolutely. should really we should really bless him. And I was and in Itamar yesterday, Malka. I was in. The, I mean, whoa, talk about a, a place that's like. Like really, like one of the most beautiful places ever. Itamar. Itamar. It is just like out of this world. Wow. It is out of this world, and like the people there. There's amazing people there. Oh my god. And there's cool cottage industries there. There's amazing industries there, and I brought you back some free range eggs. Excited. I, yeah, and I also bought. Can you make me some breakfast this morning? You uh, want free range breakfast? I'd like some free range breakfast. Okay. Should I use some of the olive oil that you bought from Tura? Yeah, I brought you some some Tura from Rechelim. Oh. Okay. The, that's where Tura Winery is, and they also make this olive oil with incredible only 0.3 percent acidity or something. Or I think some, that's pretty low, as I remember that it's usually like 0. 0.5 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a very low acidity, <laughs> and and they were like, taste it. And yeah, then, they're like, very proud, these olive yeah. oil people. They make you drink it out of a cup. Yeah, they make like, you drink really? it out of a cup. Yeah, like, you want to sprinkle this on a salad for me? And they're like, no. what do you mean? Yeah, just drink it. Glug, glug, glug. Right, so there was that. And so uh, so I was exactly there where this pigua had, with this right. where this attack happened. And I saw the army chasing him. Interestingly, one hour after uh, the death of Yehuda Goetta, the army caught him. Oh. They they caught the bad guy. Let's hope. Uh, and he he, he and interesting. He ran. He was in the Samaria region. He ran towards the Ramallah region. Wow! And they caught up with him and they got him. Good. Okay. And so this command post, this and and that, you know what I want to tell you, it is horrific that the Jews are murdered for being Jews. It is horrific that we have a Hamas who took who took not only. Um, responsibility but pride in the attack you know and it's horrific that the jewish state does stupid things like like uh, give uh gaza to to basically the terrorists to control and and the whole oslo period where we brought terrorists and gave them control of our land and we've done many stupid stupid things and yet and yet i saw that like the hunt for the bad guy yeah. and i knew like to me i was like i was like those bad guys the minute that they shoot at a jewish kid they run for their measly dog lives, okay? Because they know that the, the Israeli army is chasing them down and hunting them down, okay? And indeed, they got him. And my, my point is is that like that's Israel, at least at least I take I take solace. Yes, that that's good. That's a that is a certain kind of solace. I don't it, feel it wasn't comforted. Like that. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't like that for the last two thousand right. years. Right. Nobody. It wasn't. That's true. But now that, that we have this capability, now that we have the capability of hunting down these people, you would think that Israel would do some kind of. I mean. It could be worse, Obviously right? But it's like you would think that Israel could be a little more preliminarily aggressive uh, to these kind of people in such a way that, that there's like a serious and very real deterrent to attacking Jews. If there wasn't a serious and real deterrent, Malka, yeah. the, then it would be the, way, the way worse. World, the Muslim right. world would come in and try to scoop us all up as they have many times right. beforehand. Okay. Um, That's true. The point is, is like a bad guy does something in our land. And we're, we, we are going to get him. Yeah. This is a message, by the way, if you're out there listening in the English language to the Yishai Fleischer show and you thought to yourself, hmm, Pigou against Jews, tempting. We will get you. 
and it will hurt. Okay. And there you go. That's another uh, uh, public service announcement. And, 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 and Baruch Hashem, you know, and whatever we didn't get, uh, God will get. Okay. Yes, amen. Um, speaking of that. But yeah, but I just want to say that it's been like, uh, you know, as we are. We didn't even mention the government stuff. Oh, where, where the, the government stuff. Where the mandate has shifted away now. The mandate. The, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has to have to return the mandate. Right, he has returned it, and Lapid has it now. And Lapid has it, and, yeah, and Lapid has it with now. a with an eye towards a center center left government. Right, uh, and he very well may be able, be, be able right. to. Pull I, off. I have a I have a sense that he is going to be able to pull it off. It may be, the, we'll the end or the local end. There is even talk now about Naftali Bennett entering a rotation government, which is very interesting, right? Because. So many elections ago, <laughs> I don't remember which election, first election, second election, um, Bennett's Yamina party failed to meet the threshold. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go back to elections, which meant that that uh, they got another chance. And then they did meet the threshold. And now they got seven seats in this all the way through all these elections. In the last election, they got seven seats, which is by far not a majority. And yet... Bennett has managed to get himself into a situation in which there's talk about doing a rotation government so that he will join, which means that he could become the prime minister of Israel, which has raises tons and tons of questions about democracy in Israel and raises tons of questions about Naftali Bennett, um, who literally did this whole political theater and signed a piece of paper in front of the whole nation saying, I'm not going to uh, join a yet you're a Lapid government, and then we'll literally do the very, very opposite of the thing that he actually signed his actual name to. And yet, you have to be a little impressed, right? It's like this guy came from the garbage pile, basically. He was dumped. And now he might be the prime minister of Israel? It just really shows you that uh, <laughs> that anything can happen here in our beautiful Holy Land. But I just want to also, since I'm doing public service announcements, I would just like to state my official support for totally gutting Israel's electoral system. Just like scoop it all out like the the seeds of a melon and just put that in the garbage or in the compost and then start over. I really, I think that a lot of Israelis would, uh, would back my initiative. I think that there are a lot of Israelis who are like, what is even happening? How is... Are like, how is it that we go to the polls and we get these kinds of like outcomes? It's just not, I don't think it's a good system. I don't think it's a healthy, healthy system. I'm all in. Don't misunderstand me. I'm here for the long haul and I'm ready to deal with what we have. And I think you need to approach these things with faith and with a sense of humor. Uh, but that being said, like from the outside, it's just not the way that I think that we should roll as a Jewish people. I don't think that this is what people like. I kind of wish that all the politicians would all take a break for two years and some new people would come in and new primaries, new candidates. You well, know, everyone's talking about getting rid of well, Benjamin so- Netanyahu. But I got to say, like, I'm not super impressed with anybody right now. There's nobody that I'm like, well, I really actually, you know, I don't want Netanyahu, but I really do want this person who's a front running politician today. Yeah, I, I think I think I want you to be careful not to mix two different things, which is one is a question of how is our system running? The yeah. very system, you know, so it's it's like it's like it's like it's like the difference between. Okay, my car needs a tune-up. 
Right. Uh, or this is a bad car. And this, the state no of way. Israel is not a bad car. No, nobody's talking about the state of Israel. That is not the The question. state of Israel is great. Wait, but wait, our, we're not talking right. about the state of Israel. We're talking about the election, the electoral system, the, the system of electing governance. Yes. That's what we're talking about. We're yes. talking about a party system. We're talking about no geographic representation. Yes, I don't like and this system. Especially, 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 especially the number one problem, governmentally speaking, that Israel faces is a completely... Um, un, um, un, uh, merusan. That's the Hebrew word, merusan. Uh, merusan. Not harnessed. Yeah, not harnessed or un, un, untamed Supreme Court. Yes, which is oh, which has which has absolutely. Th- you've never seen. You've, you've it heard, has no shame. It will do whatever it wants heard, and, and not blink an eye. You've heard this term, super legislature. We used to learn about it in law school. It means you know, like a court that can that can you know make laws. This is not a super legislature. This is a super, super, or I would call it a super duper legislature. <laughs> okay? And yet not so super duper. Well, because, uh, well, actually, here, I'll, I'll take one more minute to explain something. Okay. Something very profound that I've understood only with the passage of time. There are certain groups of people in this world, sometimes they, they, they are part of the liberal, progressive camp around the world. But their whole mindset, which I never understood, I'm like, why do they want to do these things? Why do they make decisions that are so count- contra to everything that, like, any common sense? Well, that's exactly it. These people believe that they're the elite, that they've been given a gift to rule over the world, to rule over other people, that they have a knowledge They're more that is- moral, more wise. And superior. Right. Now, here's what I never understood, and it took me a long time to understand that. People who feel themselves superior to others, a chosen elite, these people necessarily reject the common sense uh, of the simple people, a, the simple decisions, the, the common sense, the, the things that, that are just the sensical uh, determinations of the am, the nation. Why? Because the minute that they would accept what the regular man on the street thinks or woman on the street thinks. It would make them regular. It would make them unnecessary. They're not there for the elite because there's no way in their mindset that the simple woman can come to the conclusions of their gifted elite. There's no way. There's something wrong. And therefore, the commonsensical conclusions of the average person are necessarily wrong. They need to be more, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like you're serving uh, mac and cheese and they're serving you, you know, uh, you know, some, uh, some kind of... Uh, what are know, they serving you? I don't know, uh, some cannelloni or I don't know what, <laughs> something, you know, something very, uh, you, you, you know... I, I prefer mac and cheese. My point is, is that... It, is what I'm well, saying. I also prefer mac and cheese in the sense... I mean, cannelloni is good. Uh, my point is, is that let's not get stuck in the Italian food <laughs> metaphor. My point to you, Malka, is I that mac and cheese is, is, really is that uh, no, it's, that's American. The, my point to you is that they will overturn commonsensical decisions, or else they're worthless. They must reach a different conclusion because there's no way that the simple man's going to reach the high level conclusion that they yeah, will, uh, they will won't. Bring they to can't. You. Yeah, you, they have to stay lofty. Right, stay lofty, and it means always Which overturning. Which is, by the way, my hashtag for the week: stay lofty. Stay lofty. That's right. <laughs> Hashtag stay lofty. Please send that in. If you if you have a second, pull over your car, even if you're in the left lane. Pull <laughs> Do over. Do not text and drive. That's why I say pull over six That's lanes, right. okay? And then write to Malka right now. Uh, write me and write the uh, hashtag stay lofty. Um, but but that that is a real problem with with uh, with these um, uh, 
better, you know, the, the better types. Yes, the better than thou. Right, and, and, uh, and, and. Woker and, than thou. Yeah, woker, what's another one, Maka? Hashtag woker, woker than, than thou. thou. Okay, that is a good one, actually. I really like that, woker than thou. I like that. Um, and, and that's exact. that's exactly it. And therefore you understand why they will take a common sense decision and reverse it. An example of that, I don't want to get into it, but if you want to watch something on Netflix, check out this movie called The Devil Next Door about the Demonyuk trial, the Demonyuk trial in Israel and then in Germany. A documentary. It's a documentary, a uh, six part documentary. Very interesting, very interesting characters. The bottom line is everybody understood the lower court understood that this guy Demanuk was a Nazi and killed people, yeah. killed Jews. But and then the German court understood later on that this guy was a Nazi and killed Jews. But it was our Supreme Court which rejected Israel Supreme Court. Yeah. Which rejected the 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 direct uh, uh, um um witness accounts saying I posit why, why would they do that? Because because there was some reasonable doubt and see they're above. Above what slaying a Nazi? We are not. Uh, let me assure everyone out there: we are not above slaying a Nazi. Let me reassure you that Israel set him free, Demanyuk. And and, and and then and then later on, very soon afterwards, he was picked up by the German authorities, who in a quick trial were like, "Nope, this is the guy." What? Okay, so that's the whole story I of the Demanyuk trial. This documentary. It's an amazing thing. But my point is, is that is that they they many times overturn the 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 simple kind of. Common sense, common sense. I mean, simple. I mean, like right. plain as the nose in your face, uh, Malka. Listen, Malka, we have uh, great folks that make this show possible. Uh, and our newest sponsor is something called Bible-Shield.com. Bible-Shield? Like Bi- you're writing it out. It's not called Bible-Shield. No, the it's dash. It's called Bible Shield. Bible Shield. The dash the, is that And the little- URL. That little minus sign between yeah. words. It's a the dash. The connector yeah. line. So bible that little dash thing, mm-hmm. shield.com. Okay? And what is it, Ishai? It is an amazing uh, uh, way for you to keep the whole Bible on your heart. Blessed be your heart. Blessed. Okay, you could keep your whole Bible on you with this gold necklace Ooh. that has... Gold uh, necklace. It's a gold necklace. my language. It's a gold necklace. It has a chip, okay, that has... This chip is not digital. It has very tiny little writing. And Are you allowed the, to take it in the bathroom? Good question, Malka. And the answer is yes. It's so tiny, the writing, that it don't count for bathroom problems. And the rabbis say, so we don't have to worry. Thumbs up on the sages, okay? Now you are speaking oh, my language uh, okay. again. And on the back, it also has a, a has a kind of protection verse, uh, yea, through a, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of right, death, which I is will from feel Psalms. no evil. And, and, and it is a little way for you to just carry the whole Tanakh, carry Eretz Yisrael, and carry uh, um, your faith with you, and it's really uh, the uh, clothing of, of of believers. So check out a Bible at uh, shield.com. and of course, you type in that coupon code Yishai, bang, and we've already made. What us happens a, when you say bang? You bang, you get ten percent off. Bang, and, and that is a lot of That's moolah. A lot. That's right. Uh, so check out Bible-Shield.com. That's your wallet shield. See, That's they got right. your Bible shield, but that coupon code is your wallet shield. That's right. And also, and furthermore, uh, we also have more, uh, many more supporters of the show and uh, and uh, that we're proud to promote today, and that is Prohibition Pickle. Yes, I okay. went over there and I picked up some salami. That's right. They slice it for you on the spot. That's right. Good hechsherim for yeah. those of you who care about that kind That's of thing. That's right. There's liberation I lentils. I saw that they had s- liberation lentils. Do they really have that? No, I made that up. Is that good? Uh, I'm just trying I to. I mean, 
There's I don't uh, know if that's a good dish, but I like that name. Okay, there's uh there's uh mitnachel mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> there's 67 french fries. You count them. There's 67. There's 67 it's like a pomegranate. There's that's right. 613. That's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> what else? That is there? would be funny to sell French fries in packs of 67. That's right. 67 French fries. What else is there? Prohibition fickle maca. They don't really have those last things that you talked about. But what they do have is they have really good salami, multiple kinds with good hechsherim. They have a special. What the one thing that I'm really into right now is this kind of like cherry jam. But it has pepper inside. It's meant to be like added as a condiment. I'm a little salivating. It's meant <laughs> That's to be we added. Had my, my, my free range eggs this morning. Yeah, yes. as a condiment to meat, to uh-huh. like beef. It's very good. I really okay. like it a lot. And then they have the sweet gin pickles, That's which right. I really like. And they have the pickled zucchini, which you would think is gross, but it's really, really good. Um, they have uh, like confit garlic. They just have lots of good stuff. Great. And you go in there, they make knishes, and sometimes they come out with new stuff. Nice. It's a really good place, and they're so sweet and friendly and nice. And if you have a kiddish or something that you are trying to make, or you want to make an order, something special for someone, they really put their hearts into everything they do, and they're very talented. So good. be sure to be in touch with them. Okay, so that's Prohibition Pickle. Check it out on Facebook and on Instagram. And also check out JewishPress.com. They put out our shows every single week, including other great shows from this network, uh, the Land of Israel Network, and also my good friend Josh Wander, uh, who puts out a very interesting podcast once a week as well about Aliyah and the issues of it uh, from a Torah perspective. That might be relevant to some of you. That's right. So check out uh, JewishPress.com and their excellent daily newsletter. I highly recommend it. Uh, And check out, of course, HebronFund.org, the Jewish community of Hebron protects and defends the, the, the forefathers and mothers of our peoplehood and really the founders of the, the, bibl- the, the biblical narrative, the story uh, of Israel. And so that's hebronfund.org. Your support makes all the difference in the world. If you want myself uh, and Malka to come out visit your um, visit your community, it's time to start talking about that. We also do digital vis- visits. For example, yesterday I had the very spe- uh, specific honor of... Uh, of uh, doing an hour-long conversation with the Australian Jewish Association. That's right. Such a wonderful organization out there. And we did a really great Zoom session. We talked all about life in Judea and Samaria and what's going on in politics. Um, and it was just, it was such a pleasure for me. What a great organization. But also just to be speaking to people out um, out there in the world who love Israel, care about Israel. And that's something we do all the time. If you have a JCC, a synagogue, a Chabad house, a uh, congregation, a church, uh, a mosque that is interested in, uh, in our discussion, uh, all are absolutely welcome. An NRA club, okay? Yep. Uh, uh, if, if your gun club wants to get a little talk, hey, let's do it. I, I've, I've been wanting to do, I've always wanted to do like a talk for the NRA. I never, I've never had anything to do with it. I'm but sure there's someone out there listening with a connection. Come on, it's, it's time for, I don't understand why there's not like an NRA yeah, chapter in Israel. What talk are you going to give to the NRA club? Defense, uh, how we think about defense in Israel. What, what do you mean? We like we have so much in common, for God's sakes. Um, but anyway, may, maybe I'm I'm right or maybe I'm wrong on that. Let me know. And and also, just finally, uh, YishaiFleischer.com. Uh, your donations makes make a humongous difference. Your help makes a big difference, and also to our projects. And right now, we have a lot of projects going on, including supporting um, uh, far flung communities in Judea and Samaria, and helping them uh, get things like drones and other things that they need in order to 
in order to stay safe and, and, and have security or things like boots and stuff like that. So, we, you know, we, we are supporting uh, some communities in, in Judea and Samaria, especially far-flung frontline places. Uh, and also our effort to connect them all right now, all of the uh, Judea and Samaria, um, especially the, 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 the big seven that are connected on one road called the Israel Biblical Highway. We're developing the Israel Biblical Highway uh, .com website. We're working on that right now. Uh, and your support, and really you're going to be the first to start adopting a biblical highway uh, when it's you join. It's a very exciting project. Right, very I exciting can't project. wait until right. we can really like push the button on really launching it. All right, folks. Malka Fleischer, I want to thank you so much for joining me uh, today uh, here uh, on the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting from Judea. Lots of blessings to you, Malka, and a Shabbat Shalom. to you, Ishai, and to all the people out there. It should really be a Sabbath of peace, and uh, hopefully next week will be uh, a week where we can start to, you know, it's our last week before Shavuot. I really hope that this will be an uplifting week, uh, a week of good news for the Jews and for uh, our friends out there all over the world. And, of course, uh, we will we will be twice in Yerushalayim, once for Yom Yerushalayim, and then soon after that for uh, the great Shavuot holiday. Lots of love, folks, and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Write us an email, yishayyishayfleischer.com, yishayatthelandofisrael.com. Support uh, what we do there by being part of what we do, which is strengthening the land of Israel, strengthening the Jewish people's great return. You are a part of it if you are a believer. You listen this far. You're really part of it. Malka, the hashtags for this week. Uh, Stay lofty. Stay lofty. And... And woker than you are. Woker than thou. Woker than thou. That's right. Well, I like woker than you are is also pretty good. <laughs> uh, and uh, stay tuned because Rav Mike Foyer is up next. Oh, thanks to Tabitha, Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, uh, and Lou for get for helping get the show out to the world. Lots of uh, lots of folks uh, that are part of this great effort to broadcast the story of Israel to the world. So stay tuned, stay calm, stay collected, and stay part of the story. And shalom. All right, shalom everybody, and welcome to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It's so great to have all of you here, and uh, if you are watching us live right now, send us a little signal, a little ping in the comment section, saying if you hear us well, if you see us well, and if you're excited to see us. And I know that I am excited to see Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, shalom and welcome. Oh, shalom, Isha. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's, it's uh, great to it's, see you. It's it's warm outside again. It's like a summery summer, so I'm you know trying to figure out how to how to deal with it clothing wise. Uh, but all in, all in all, I'm just happy to be alive. Uh, and that is of Amen. course in contradistinction to the 45 people uh, who were killed uh, in a horrible uh, crowd accident in Meiron on the big celebration of Lag Bomer in the northern mountain and town of Meiron. Uh, and this has been, uh, an, it's an official national tragedy in the sense, in the sense that it was even this past Sunday was an official uh, day of mourning. And I, I don't even remember the last time. I think they say that when Paris passed away, there was an official day of mourning. But I don't even remember that. Len, you weren't so moved this, by that? I just, I just don't recall that it was like a thing. But here it was like really a national day of mourning. Yeah. And, uh, and there were 45 funerals. And, and, then, and then the... Um, Mandatory uh, recriminations of whose fault it is, and all that kind of business, huh. and 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 the, the media doing its thing. That part's uh, not over, by the way. That part's far from over. Uh, and I myself, along with the family, along with the with the kids, with the little kids, 
uh, were in Mayron and left at about midnight. And I think from what I gather, the accident was at about one o'clock. And so we left about an hour earlier uh, than that. And so like, and, and Mayron's a place that I go to uh, most years. Um, and I was really excited to get back after Corona. Uh, but then this, this tragedy happened and everybody's kind of talking about why everybody's, everybody's got the, you know, why did this happen? And there's just different takes. And I would say different, different levels of takes different, you know, all the way from, from what, you know, was the righteous tzaddik that's buried there angry at us? Was God angry at us? Uh, to the level of, of the mechanics of the things, to the level of, of cultural questions, uh, and so, so that's really been uh, an issue in people's minds. On top of which, the very people that were that 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 were killed in this accident, they were all such. You could see there were so many. There were children. There were just lovely, sweet it was people. Incredible to me, moot in the faces. You could really see, yeah. Just like a, a um, I hate to say wholesomeness because it 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 it's such a strange sound in modern English. But nonetheless, I mean that's. That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. I think I think other people saw that as well, and I was surprised that the secular world was also very caught up in it. Uh, there are there are a lot of for, for myself, for example. There's a lot of uh, um, ripples from this thing, including an article that was written today about our festival in Hebron that brings you know forty fifty thousand people, which is Chayes Sara, and the dangers that lurk there uh, through the issues of, of crowd control. So, so the, the the issues are like, and everybody's asking, like, how are we going to do major events? On the other hand, I mean, just to take it to this worldly sense, uh, sadly, uh, through through modern human experience and ancient human experience, there's there's really uh, events that 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 are like this. I remember, uh, you know, soccer games in England, and certainly the you know the big event, uh, the big Hajj in Mecca. And it happens, you know, and, and what I've learned is that there's a lot of science now in how to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen. Uh, just, just a few examples. Uh, walkways have to be made in such a way that the back sees where the front is. And so people just see each other and understand the pace of things. And so that there isn't unnecessary pushing. That's just one example. And, of course, you don't make a, a hard turn at the end of a long ramp uh, to a slippery staircase. That's certainly that's certainly not, not the way to do it. And uh, and and you make sure that basically there is outlet for large crowds instead of like squishing them into a bottleneck. Yeah, listen, I mean, the, I, I I trust the science, so to speak, in the, the logistical questions of crowd control. What concerns me, and I, and I and I don't really feel qualified to weigh in on this spiritual question, other than to say that that um, everything in life is an invitation from Hashem. So there's an invitation here for cheshbon nefesh for self accounting. There's an invitation for reaching out, there's an invitation of making bridges and asking ourselves how we view other communities, no question. The, the thing that, that has been sitting heaviest with me is that there is an element of lawlessness within our society, in every sector. Right? I mean, the Kredish world has it in its own way. The Datsilim world certainly has it in its own. The Arabs, Mela, you know, and, and also the secular world, you know. And, and that element of lawlessness, uh, on one hand, has deep, deep roots. I mean, we are a society that was founded by the children who rebelled against their parents. And, and, and there is a certain, you know, uh, element that, that Ben-Gurion spoke about in the early years, even pre-state of how um, for Jews over history, law was something to be circumvented at best, because often it was actually illegal to be a Jew. 
right? So he worried about the ability of what he, he coined the term mamlachtiyut, right? Of how we were going to have a real sort of a sense of citizenship and, um, and allegiance to social structure. And I feel that that's a project that, that remains to be developed, that there is a sense in our society that um, the lawlessness allows us to do things that we otherwise couldn't do or wouldn't do. And it serves our interests when it serves our interests. And we're willing to turn a blind eye even when it doesn't. And it, I, I think not that I'm looking for, you know, a top down controlled society, but that's the piece that I would say from a cultural level, it's really sitting right. heavy with me. So you're saying it in terms of lawlessness and, and before I talked about it in terms of the mechanics of crowd control, which I, I saw a very like a like a like a young scientist from the Technion being having a very vociferous tweet saying, "Look, guys, it happens in every culture in every society." And he listed stuff from completely different societies. What has happened? And he said, "Like crowd control is a science today." Uh, and so I was very moved by that tweet. And you're talking in terms of lawlessness, but I want to talk also in terms of something which is which is the culture of pushiness. Now I want to just I want to tell a little story about this this uh, trip to Meron. We showed up in Sfat early. Uh, Sfat is basically the town across the way, or not across the way. It's like a 10-minute drive. And right. we showed up there, and we were about to get on one of the plethora of buses that were taken off from Sfat, and we're going to leave it basically at an interval of every two minutes. And at some point, and this was 7.30, which is quite early in the night, quite, quite early in the night. And so the crowds are very weak still uh, in terms of, of sheer size. You know, Rev. Mike, we were the first people in line for that bus, and we had a very hard time getting on that bus because the bus pulled up right in front of us. But people uh, with uh, with 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 um, pushiness uh, really blocked uh, the, my family from getting on the bus. And there was like a strong guy who actually just held his arm out and, and made sure that Malka and the kids. And Malka and the other kids, I took one of the pair, I don't remember who I took exactly, but the point is Malka and one of the kids was like behind me and she couldn't get on. And it was just like, we do, there is an element in our society which has to calm down. And I'm not necessarily blaming, blaming the ultra-Orthodox, although it is found there. And to deny that is, is let's put it this way, my, ultra-orthodox, my ultra-Orthodox friends do not deny it. And they say there is a problem there. Um, but we also have it similarly in, in the way that our, our Knesset is behaving these days. Everybody wants to get their turn and, and, they're, and they're first and they're up to bat and I'll push other people out of the way even for the greater good. And so, look, my experience was is that there was a tremendous amount of physical pushiness there, coupled with also garbage on the ground, which caused a very slippery situation. And all that, by the way, that's all on the lower planes. Nobody, I'm not even talking about what God is thinking or what we would even you know, begin to perceive as what God but is thinking. I, I don't think it's right to even go there until we deal with the things which are actually within our control and, and relatively easily identifiable. And I see this pushiness as a symptom of maybe lawlessness is not the right term, but it's, it's a sense that the boundaries don't matter, that, that um, if I don't sort of like jump, I'll never get anything. And, and, and frankly, if I end up jumping and landing on your foot, well, that's tough for you. you know. <laughs> like, and it's not a positive. It's not positive, and I'm not really sure how one engages it, but it's heartbreaking that it that it has resulted in this, and and frankly, astounding that it had not yet. That's right. Happened. That's right. Uh, although there was, uh, I think my friend Jake was telling me that there was an accident, something like in 1915, where 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 a uh, a balcony in Mayron fell. I, also, yeah, I, I I saw that in the in the news media there. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, but there's one more thing I wanted to say, and, and this one is, uh, everybody should take it in the light that I mean it, which is that, um, you know, I felt bad. I love, I love going to Meron, and I love the party at Meron, but I felt bad that the Temple Mount uh, has been, this month, totally filled with uh, folks who celebrate the Ramadan, to the detriment of Jewish people trying to go up to the Temple Mount, or even walk in Jerusalem in safety. Yeah. Uh, with with Ramadan attacks, the so-called TikTok intifada, um, and so and so and so, I thought to myself, boy, you know, the Jewish world has certainly accepted that we could go do this giant pilgrimage to Meron. I amongst them, uh, but somehow we have forgotten the holy mountain, which is in Yerushalayim, and that's become you know. And now, supposedly, the Times of Israel had a story that uh, the Temple Mount is going to be closed to Jewish visitation until the end of Ramadan. I can't believe that's going to be true because Jerusalem Day is also uh, uh, falls right. out within these days. Next um, week, yeah. Right, next week. But, like, you know, like, you just get a feeling like, you know, the Jewish people are not in control of Jerusalem, certainly not in control of the Temple Mount, certainly not in control of Shar Shechem, the, the, the Damascus Gate area, and, and we're being bullied around. Uh, while at the same time, we kind of take a different tack, which is, okay, well, if we can't go to Yerushalayim, let's just all go to, you know, Meron and, 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 and excise that, those, you know, uh, um, fulfill, the, satisfy that, uh, that need to have a Jewish pilgrimage. Yeah. And, and something bothers me about that, I think. No, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that there's a tremendous desire for gathering and power of what it is to um, come together. And, 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 like, what you're saying is this basically we're not sovereign and that goes to this lawlessness. I mean, you know, it, you get, you know, there was this horrible uh, attempted murder. Uh, at someone to Puach. No one is. I think that the young oh. man was still, still. Three people, three people were shot in a, in a drive-by shooting. Yeah, but I was just was. I was saying attempted because I was hoping there wasn't hadn't been any bad no. news since I last. Um, you know, and and uh, at least according to some of the media, so like some of the residents of Shiloh went over. And you know, sort of like busted some windows and and threw some rocks and got angry and and took their revenge, right? Without getting into should people do that, should not be that's another sign of law. Why isn't it, why why are we not sovereign? I mean that that is the job of a government to me. You know, people who live in a nearby town shouldn't feel the need or by the way, even the the, the freedom to to do such a thing. And the two go together. They all go together. Is that if you lack a sovereign structure. To which people feel a sense of uh, essential allegiance, and by the way, feel that it will indeed care for them, and they don't need to push and shove and seize and grab. And th then this is what happened. It comes out in all kinds of places. Right. Well, you know, there's there's all kinds of vigilantism. There's the kind that's just, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ku Klux Klan hanging, you know, a black person. That that's a vigilantism that comes from racism. But a lot of vigilantism also comes from people being frustrated with the, with the idea that since they have given up their police rights, because people have, every individual person has police rights. You have a right to defend yourself. But you give up much of those police rights to the sovereign. The sovereign. State. Right. Now, but if you feel like the sovereign is not doing its job, and you're like, wait a minute, this contract is, you're, you're the one who is not fulfilling your side of the contract. And people take matters into their own hands sometimes. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. And I, 
and but but that comes a lot of times from a, from a failure of the state to deliver on its on its contractual promises. That's precisely my point. These are all symptoms of a lack of sovereignty. In the same way, by the way, you know, uh, Arab teenagers who are willing to film themselves slapping Jews. That's a lack of sovereignty. They, they should be afraid that, that, that either someone's going to hit them back or that a cop is going to collar them and toss them in prison. Right. But instead, they're uploading this stuff and smiling into the camera. Right. Um, and with that, uh, I think that this May Rome thing, like many times these kind of tragedies, uh, will also bring, bring a, a, a good new renewed spirit. And I really I do hope. I, I really want to believe, I really, really want to believe that, A, we're going to come back to Yerushalayim more. And I want to believe that we're also going to uh, be kinder to one another. And I know that in this next year, I'm going to, if I get a feeling like I'm being cut off or something like that, I'm going to be like, remember the 45. Just uh, Everybody just calm down. Remember what happens when we act like this. Uh, and at the same time, the, the the harder thing is that we, we need to go back to the drawing board on certain things. Like Meron, the whole place has got to be rethought of as a, as a place for en masse gatherings. By the way, my friend Mayor Eisenman showed me uh, in two places in the Shas at least uh, that when, uh, when, when the Jewish people used to leave their lulav and etrog in the temple area uh, for Sabbath, if the, if the holiday right. turned out on the Sabbath, the rabbis realized it became dangerous, i.e. pushing and shoving. They, they said, okay, no more lulav and etrog on Shabbat in the Migdash. Yep. Uh, we, we, we blocked that. And I just saw another one uh, with, with Kohanim, that the Kohanim had this like, little race up to the top of the ramp. Yeah, it's uh, in Yoma. Right, it's in Yoma. And, and, and one time, you know, somebody pushed, uh, one Kohen pushed off another Kohen, he broke his legs, leg or legs, yep. I couldn't understand. But the point is, is that, like, and then the rabbis were like, okay, we're done with this. We're not, we're not playing this game anymore because it's, it's dangerous. So, you know, th- those were cases of, like, Talmudic cases of, like, okay, the rabbis were like, this is physically dangerous. We're going to stop that. Not, like, why did Hashem cause this leg to be broken? No, there's a responsibility, yeah. not for right. sure. And like you said, there are many things in our society where we need to go back to the drawing board. And I think the places where our, our sovereignty is failing are the places – with which we need to begin. And I would point out that you listed Knesset amongst them, right? That constitutional convention and the renegotiation of the social contract is going to come one way or another. Right. Better sooner and by choice than later and through disaster. Yeah, I, I, I immediately saw the relationship between Mehron and our, and our four elections that have not even come to, uh, to, to, to conclusion. Let's quickly uh, listen to and say hi to the friends from all over the world that are saying hi to us. Sure. So we have Norman... Uh, who says hi from the UK? Elizabeth says, "Wow, Norman has got. I think those are. I can't tell what kind of faces those are. I think they're tears. There might be tears. They probably are." Um, Elizabeth says, "Miracle, you're alive. It's a miracle that we're all alive, right?" But I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Oliveira says, "So sad, indeed it was." Uh, Elizabeth also says, "It was in the Bible code." Um, you know, you know the, the thing about the Bible code. I don't doubt that there's a lot of veracity to the Bible code myself. Uh, I, that's me. But um, the trick is to try to to try to avert these things before we find them in the Bible code. You know, because there might be great things in the Bible codes. We gotta we gotta reach out for those um, and, and and make make things happen. Make things happen. Then we'll find it in the Torah. Um, Robert says it has been a tough week in Israel. Prayers are with everyone. Um, Norman says it was to bring everybody together. It wasn't in vain. Uh, it certainly it's wasn't. 
It's we have it's, with, it's within our power to make sure that it wasn't in vain. That's I don't right. Think that it, it it doesn't have to be a passive sort of uh, sense, but rather an active stance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You got you got to make sure that their death was not not in vain. Um, says Lou, one of our producers. He says, "Great to see you both, Eshine of Mike. Thank God." And, the fa- and you and the family left early. Absolutely. I mean. Now, Elizabeth says ban crowd- crowded events. Elizabeth, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen, and I don't think it should happen. Some of, my yeah. happiest, some of my happiest memories have been from crowded events, including Lagba Omer, including uh, Shavuot in Yerushalayim, including mass prayer rallies. I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget the, the prayer rally for Nachshon Waxman uh, when I was uh, a wee lad. Uh, at the Kota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and maybe a Grateful Dead concert that I attended, you know. <laughs> maybe, just <laughs> throw know, that in there for yeah. a spice. You know, I, the, some of those events were great, but you have to be careful, and you got to be smart. you got to be smart about it. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, let's see. Catherine says something which I, think, which I think is true, which is it was a perfect storm. There's, there, there's definitely an element of that, that it was a perfect storm. A lot of things came together. Uh, and Yitzi from Jbrick says, although it is beyond our understanding, hopefully we can learn from this, so we'll be able to attend the final Beit Hamikdash with peace and joy soon. And you can get some, you can get a Lego set of the Beit Hamikdash from Jbrick.com, which is, which is an amazing. Like if you love Legos and you love Judaism and you love Legos and Judaism, Jbrick.com, just that simple. <laughs> um, uh, and Alexander says. Shalom from Houston, and I, I think I will be in Houston uh, in the month of July, at the end of the month of July. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited. I'm actually getting back on the road. I'm, ba- I'm getting back on the road in a few weeks, and then in another few weeks after that, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm back to, to traveling, and uh, it's been great to be like home and and uh, and uh, and uh, have my wings tied down, and you know, and but I, it's exciting to get back on the road as well and to see the folks. One person that I'm probably not going to see in her country is Erica in Sweden. She says, may they be comforted amongst the mourners of Zion and Yerushalayim. Amen. And Robert asks, are you coming to Boston? Um, yeah, Boston is not on the itinerary usually. Uh, I have been to Boston a few times, but uh, I haven't been there in a while. I sometimes fly through Boston, though, because LL has got a good ticket to Boston. Uh, and not a lot of people on that flight, so you could get good seats. Uh, but I don't think I'm heading to Boston. I'm probably heading to uh, L.A., San Francisco, Florida, New York. All right, so so we'll we'll crisscross, and it'll make us jump, jump. All right, here we go. So um, we we have a lot to learn, Rav Mike, from from the from this week, and we go from uh, we go from Meiron and Lag Baomer to Yom Yerushalayim. That's coming right up, a Jerusalem day, um, a mega holiday, but somehow really celebrated by the religious Zionist uh, 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 folks and also by the city of Jerusalem, but not so much in the rest of the country, although it is official holiday. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it. I've, uh, I've got an opportunity to actually speak on the relationship between uh, Yom Asmut and Yom Yushalayim coming up. So my mind has really been dwelling on the nature of these two days and their relationship. And um, there's, there's a lot of ways in which they connect, but I think you put your finger on what on one hand is a, basically an educational failure. The fact that this is a holiday that has sort of like come to belong to the national religious world and the city itself, as opposed to, let's face it, um, as much as Yom HaTzma'ud is a moving day, it's, it's, it's Yerushalayim and the longing for the return to Yerushalayim, which underlies our story 
for the last 2,000 years, Shana Babi Shalayim, and the fact that that not only is it not celebrated, but it's actually, as we say, right? That it's uh, it's bound up with such tension and different competing narratives in the Jewish world it would be depressing to me if it weren't so symptomatic of how powerful the potential is. You know what I mean? It's like, on some level, unless you're on an extreme end of, a, of, the, of the Jewish spectrum, there's what to be happy about that we just have where to be, especially as it's an easy bridge, even though not one I make, between that and the destruction of the Holocaust. It's like, okay, fine. But Yerushalayim asks something of us. And Yushalayim is, you know, like I think of Yomatsmud is about self-actualization. It's about, you know, basically having a place to be and to become. Yushalayim is the hashra'ah. It's that touch with the aspirational and even the infinite, of course, the divine, which says, yeah, but what are you going to do with that? And, and, and it's a much more profound and powerful day. And so, therefore, it doesn't easily fit. It asks enormous amount of us. And those of us who, who some were raised in the documentary world, some, you know, found their way into you know, the, the religious national world like myself, I think are offered on one hand a beautifully simple way to relate. You know, on, on the other hand, that leaves us with an enormous educational task. How do we make the, this day meaningful in a real way to all Jews without having to force a, a, uh, a thin or simplistic narrative upon it? I think that you're right that, that people are a bit um, wary of celebrating because they realize that there's st- stuff to do that hasn't been done yet and it's kind of an incomplete project and there's a, there's a, an irony, there's like a sardonic type of tone when you, when you say today, that famous phrase that was uttered by Motagur, uh, the, the commander of the paratroopers uh, in, in 1967, uh, there's something about it all which is like, well, we've regressed a little bit from where we were, um, and Jerusalem is, is being challenged. It's being very much, control of Jerusalem is being challenged, and, and we're seeing it in, in our very days right now. I mean, one way to say it is there's no more important time to celebrate a Jerusalem Day. Just like, by the way, Parshat Chayesara in Hebron was originally a, a semi-protest. It was created during the Oslo years, and we people started coming to Hebron to show their connection to it. Um mm-hmm. Um, and and Jerusalem, I guess Jerusalem needs our fight right now. It just needs our fight. It just needs our fight. Um, I know that when I moved out of um, Jerusalem and moved just a bit south here to Gush Etzion, I know that some of my some of my people are really respected, like Arya King, who's today a deputy mayor of Jerusalem. He really looked to sconce that. He's like, Jerusalem needs you right now. Uh, and that's why sometimes I, I kind of wish to, to go back there, but because it's like it's it, there is a fight. And I want to tell you, speaking of Arya King, uh, he lives on the Mount of Olives, where I used to live. He, uh, the other night, three, two, three nights ago, got an attack of 10 firebombs on his house. 10 firebombs in one night. And he's, he showed pictures of it hitting right next to the gas lines and by miracles that did not uh, did not explode. Uh, but it's, well, Let's it's, just be clear so people understood because they may not have always said that. You're talking about the deputy mayor, meaning it's bad enough that it's anybody. But the attack on the deputy mayor is not just a personal attack. That's an attack on the... the sovereign institution that's right that's right listen uh, i mean Yerushalayim needs our struggle it needs our fight and it also just needs us to connect deeply to it and that's what i meant when i said we need to find a way because you say Yerushalayim needs us to fight for it and again the dr world wakes up the city itself hopefully 
wakes up. Um, but the, but, 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 um, you know, so many American Jewry and even, you know, so the non, the national religious Jews of, of, uh, Israel say, really, I'm going to fight about this. It's like, you're causing problems. It's your desire to fight. That's the problem. If you would just let it go and we would, we could hold on to what we got at Yom Ha'atzmaut. We could, hey, it would be very right. nice. I could have my barbecue and not feel bad. Right. And, and, and they'll have their barbecue too. And and like we'll all just be happy meat eaters together, and and um, the the failure of that is twofold. First of all, it's a it's a myth that the, those to whom they think they would see the Yerushalayim, God forbid, would be satisfied. A, let's just you know, you know. B, it's a myth that any Jew thinks that their aspiration in life is a barbecue, and any Jew who thinks that's true is in for a world of hurt. Them, their children, or their children's children, whenever that bill comes due. Uh, and there's there's a and, and if you listen to the and you look go to Twitter and you see the Palestinian propaganda, it, 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 in their in their day, it's Yom Yerushalayim. By the way, the word Yom Yerushalayim is a biblical word. It is found the word Yom Yerushalayim is found in not a, not in a happy smiley context. Right, right. it's the day that it, that Jerusalem was like destroyed by, Ar- by the Babylonians. Ar- Right, they destroy Aruba, plow it, plow it under. Right, you know, and and in that in that in that uh, psalm. Uh, is also the phrase uh, "blessed is uh, he" or, or um, "meritorious is he" uh, or or "ashrei"? What is that? How do you say "ashrei"? Uh, praiseworthy. Smashes the brains of your young upon the rock. Right, but <laughs> it's all. But I always explain it that "olalayich" comes from the word "alila," which is narrative. Your your tale. Praiseworthy is he who takes the Babylonian narrative of this whole thing. The anti-Israel narrative and smashes it on the rock, and I really believe that that is one of the key, you know, verses for understanding the the fight in the narrative war. You got to take that their false narratives and smash them because they're there to to undermine not only your physical plant but also your 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 spiritual historical connection the, to it. The vision. I do want to throw out there for people who don't know that Kafchet Iyav, where which is the Hebrew date of Yom Yerushalayim, is also the day in which Rav Avram Yitzchak Cohen Cook made Aliyah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a very important connection because he truly was the prophet of national rebirth, mm-hmm. right? In many many deep ways in Torah, and as such, represents that sense of like I said of the more of the hashra'ah of that that um, divine indwelling capacity that creation can receive when we build a fitting vessel. And so uh, it's it, the task is there before us. That's right. It's also the yurt site, the day of passing of Samuel the prophet, uh, who I always tell people on tour, I tell them, I borrow only really one, maybe two phrases from, from Christianity. And my one phrase that I borrow, you know, and it's in, in, in quote marks is patron saint. And what I mean by that is if you go to most places in Yerushalayim, you could see the tomb of Samuel looking down upon you and kind of looking over Yerushalayim uh, era Kodesh and being like, it's like, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, holy spot that 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 looks down from this this great prophet who brought you know the first two kings to Israel, um, and and it's an amazing. It was one of my favorite places in all of Yerushalayim. Next time you come, uh, in fact, this brings me to one last point on Yerushalayim. Then we got to go on, which is Yishai's prescription for uh, bringing for bringing more Jerusalem sovereignty and this Jewish sovereignty in Jerusalem for everybody listening today. And that is that I'm asking everybody to have a picture of Jerusalem up in your home. There is a halakha that you're supposed to leave, a Jewish law uh, decision that you're supposed to leave a certain part of your house, you know, like 
unpainted like or un- unpainted, right? Un- un- incompleted. Yeah. But that is a good thing for the for the past, and you're supposed to still do that. That is the law. But I add to that today that um, alongside of the destruction of Jerusalem, which we're supposed to remember, I want you to have the a picture of the rebuilding of Jerusalem in your house. Uh, somewhere in your house, you got to have a thing that shows Jerusalem, preferably towards the on the wall that faces Jerusalem, wherever that may be. Uh, but people in your house, the children in your house, guests in your house should be like, wow, you really have Jerusalem in your heart. Uh, today we have the ability to print a picture and you've probably taken a great picture or go to the internet and grab a picture. Uh, it's it's okay to use it for your own house as long as you're not selling it, even if it's copyrighted, you know, if it's, if it, it, that's the, you know, you're not making a profit off of it. But if you've got to print it, print it up and, and stick it in your house and have that, like make Jerusalem part of your day-to-day life, part of your, part of your uh, vista, the view of, of your home. Yeah, I think it's important because in addition to weeping over the past, we need that visionary, inspirational piece of the future. Uh, Johan says, Shalom Rabbi Yishai and Mike, Baruch Hashem, the people of Israel overcame this horrible tragedy in Mount Meron. My heart goes out to the victims. Hope your families are safe. Thank you, our good friend. Thank you. Johan, thank you very much. God bless you. Um, uh, and Alexander says, Baruch Hashem, I've been there also, the site of the resting place of Shmuel Hanavi, the Prophet Samuel, or Nebi Samuel, as the place is also called in Arabic, and that's like a name that people uh, uh, and, and uh, refer, to, refer to it. And Catherine says, yes, there's a framed poster of modern Jerusalem over our dining room table. That is the way to do it. Sure. That is the right way to do it. Okay, let's let's jump to the next topic for just a few minutes, and that is uh, the Torah portions of Behar Bechukotai, two awesome Torah portions. Um, and and Behar has in it the beginning that, that on the Mount Sinai, Moses was given the laws of the sabbatical year and of the jubilee year. So seven sevens, every seventh year, uh, there is a sabbatical year and you're not supposed to farm the land. You're supposed to kind of uh, absolve debts. And then there is a jubilee year, which is like a you know mega seventh year. And usually the way, the way it's understood is that there's, there's actually two years in a row of sabbatical years, um, and the ju- jubilee actually means a, a ram, uh, but it means the ram's kind of uh, um, horn and that that is blown. It's a shofar. Uh, Yovel is also under- is understood to mean a long shofar blast, and this is the the description here is of the land ge- being redeemed, of people regaining the property that they lost or had to sell off. Parentheses not in the big cities. Um, and so, um, and so we learned these laws and, and interestingly enough, the Torah accentuates that these are learned at Mount Sinai. So Eretz, the, the, the Ikar of Eretz Israel is learned at Mount Sinai. My explanation for that is that some people think all we need is just Torah. That's all we need. Torah, 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 right? Torah could be anywhere. It's like, no, no, no. Torah, the heart of Torah, which is Sinai is linked up with, um, with Eretz Israel. And if you're in Eretz Israel and you're like, oh, we need is, you know, a Jewish state and we're fine. We don't even need Judaism. It's like, no, the, the heart of the Jewish state is linked up with Sinai, which is which is the Torah that comes uh, from God uh, in, in that place. But always teaches us the issue of the connection between uh, Torah and the land of Israel. And what the two provide when properly integrated together is freedom. I mean, remember that that, that vision of a, a socioeconomic structure, which is, of course, upheld by a structure of government and power, which is also upheld by a, a culture of divine service, is 
the ultimate result is right? that famous phrase that Americans should know from the Liberty Bell, right? Um, of declaring freedom throughout the land, right? That, that, that you don't, freedom doesn't just happen, nor is it simply a product of, of independence upon a chunk of territory, nor of an inheritance of a divine perspective that in many ways has freed us from slavery, even in the midst of places like the Warsaw Ghetto or the Inquisition. True freedom and our ability to declare it for others only helps when you have the physical vessel and the inspired light to fill it. And and that's like, to me, that's why the Shemitah had to come at Sinai, because there's only really one place that the fullness of the light of Sinai can be held, and that's in the land of Israel, and the result is freedom, not sort of like freedom to do what I want instead of all those myths of modern culture, but rather true freedom, which is the ability to be a full human being. And this is, uh, it's a very big part in that respect. I like that Freedom Bell uh, uh, imagery. I heard it, I heard it. Let Liberty it Bell. Freedom, Liberty Bell. Let freedom ring. I heard it through, ring throughout the land. I like that very much. Um, yeah, that, that is a beautiful thing. Um, and this Torah portion is filled with both the words of, of liberty, geula, and also the word betach, or bitcha, or bitachon, which is security, trust, faith, um, a serenity also that comes with having that faith. And that's true on a national level, and it's true on a personal level as well. And to be so grateful for the, for the life that God has given us, um, and I, I heard a, a very moving story, Rev. Mike, that uh, amongst the people of the 45 that were killed uh, in Mehron, I heard a story that one guy was smushed against another guy who was having his life breath squished out of him. And he heard him say, Hashem, I forgive anybody who is uh, squeezing me and, and, and deflating me from air. I forgive everybody here. Please let you know. Let 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 not anybody be punished on my account. And then he expired. Wow. Uh, he and he heard it because his ear was like close to his face. He heard he heard the guy say that. Uh, so that's know. another that's another kind of Shema Israel. You know, there's like a Shema Israel like God protect me. There's a Shema Israel like like I love this nation, and and I don't want anybody to be punished because of me. Um, let's finish off of Mike with one of the most moving. Um, um, one of the most moving passages in the whole Torah. That's saying a lot. And, oh, you know what? Before we get to that passage, actually, there's one more passage I needed to talk with you. Oh, here it is. It is chapter 25, verse 23. You cannot sell the land in perpetuity. For the land is mine, says God. For you are sojourners and proselytes with me. And, you know, it's true about the land of Israel. You're not allowed to sell or give away the land of Israel. And the Lubav Cherebi talked a lot about that. And that's the law. But the idea that you, you like, like, when you say the land is ours, that's right. But then again, God says, but, but I want you to remember the land isn't even yours to do with whatever you want. And um, I had a friend who was once uh, contemplating committing suicide, and he told me that. I told him, it's not your body to do it with as you please anyway, I, amongst many other things that I told him. But I said to him, it's not yours to, to do with, with anyway. And I said to him, you are a moral person, which he was. 
And I said, that would be an immoral act to take something that's not yours and to do with it what you please. And you, Rav Mike, is also, and if we could say this, as an environmentally conscious person, um, this phrase is also true about the whole, the whole earth, which is, which is like, you're guests here, guys. And this is my earth. You can't, you can't, you can't sell it in perpetuity, i.e. you can't dump on it, you can't destroy it, you can't do whatever you want to it. It's my land. It's my world. Yeah, there's, there's a covenant here of stewardship, right, that, that is bound up in these verses. That, that, you know, if the land belongs to God and we are its possessors, then we are essentially stewards on behalf of the owner. And this idea that it can't be sold, right, that it can't be sold eternally really means it's not your personal property to sell and then alienate, as we say. Can't never can never alienate the land from its original owner. You can do business. It was called in laws. You know, you have usufruct, right? The rights to its products. But 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 the the attitude there, of course, has to be stewardship. Because remember, in the end, you will return to it. It will not just it will return to you, right? And, and that's mm-hmm. a very different attitude. Yeah, that's so true. Say that again. I'd like you to say that one more time. So in the end, the, the, it's important to remember that you will return to it, not just that the land will return to you. <laughs> oh, that is so true. That is so true. That's such a statement of humility. It, it reminds me of the other favorite statement that's related to that, which is that, 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 that the rabbis say about God, Hu mekomo shel olam, olam mekomo. Like, he... He is the the pillar of this world, but this world is not his pillar. Yeah, you got to remember who defines the context. That's right. <laughs> it's always very important. That's very good. That's very good. That's very good. Uh, let's let's do just a few last verses. Uh, let's go to Bechukotai, uh, an incredible Torah portion that has in it also a huge uh, uh, section which is curses, curses. But we're not going to get into the curses right now. Although you got to listen right. to them, you got to listen to them. But in the blessings, God says, verse 11, chapter 26, I will give my, uh, my sanctuary amongst you. And my soul, or my, my presence, God's presence, will not be disgusted by you. Which is, I think, what God is saying. The natural modality is that you are gross to me. I am a perfect being. I am without blemish, I am ultimate truth, and you guys are full of blemishes, full of untruths, full of having to go to the bathroom, etc. And, et and, 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 and you guys are, are not uh, on my level. But if you try real hard and follow these laws, and I will allow my sanctuary to be with you, within you, and, w- and there you can expiate your souls and clean yourselves, cleanse yourselves, then maybe my soul can, my, my presence can be amongst you, and I won't be disgusted by you. That's like a big achievement. It's a fantastic achievement. And, I mean, it, it speaks to the heart of one of the ways in which our sages understood the purpose of creation is that God desired a dwelling in these lower places. And it's not in spite of our imperfections, actually, that God chooses to dwell with us. It's actually in many ways because of them. That that's not to say that we should then glory in our failures and, and what's ugly within us. Don't misunderstand me. But, but that's really by lifting those things up to God and by making them into a Mishkan, by 
overcoming our weaknesses, by controlling our passions, by, you know, focusing our abilities, right? We create the Mishkan, right? That, that make a Mikdash, a, sanct- a sacred place, and I will dwell amongst you, right? And, and it's, that process of making implies that it wasn't there before, and it can only be, and it may be later. And that means there's raw material to work with, which is all of our imperfection. Amen, Rav Mike Foyer. May the uh, fall in the 45 uh, be uh, a type of korban ola, uh, a, a type of uh, a kapara, kapara, an expiation, an expiation uh, of our sins. Uh, may their neshamas uh, find peace in heaven. May they look down upon us and be a melitz yosher, be uh, defenders uh, right. of the Jewish people. Uh, and I want to thank you very much for joining us. And I want to wish you a happy Yom Yerushalayim if we don't speak before then, a Jerusalem Day. Um, and may that Jerusalem day lead to the big Jerusalem day, the exact opposite of the destruction of the temple by the Babylonians, but the rebuilding of, of, of the third temple in Yerushalayim, Bezrat Hashem. Let it be soon, let it be now. Amen. And may God, uh, may God look down upon us and not be disgusted by us, but wanted, want to live amongst us, and that will be our greatest uh, gift and achievement that we would have done in this world, that we would have Amen. created a world uh, for God's presence. Rav Mike Foyer, thank you so much. And everybody, please check out Rav Mike's uh, uh, other websites, uh, ravmike.com and jewishstory.co for the fabulous Jewish, uh, Jewish Story podcast, which I'm a listener to as well, uh, and also for Rav Mike's uh, spiritual guidance, uh, and, um, and, um, what did you Counseling. want to call it? Counseling. Counseling. It's, Counseling. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful coaching word. Uh, and it's, it's helpful and useful, uh, to, to keep your marriages strong, to keep your life strong, to give your, to give you direction. Rev Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Take care. All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer show. Lots of love, lots of blessings from the land of blessings. We wish you, uh, all the good things, good tidings. And, and uh, we'll get stronger through these tragedies. We'll get stronger through them. We'll, we'll wake up to be sovereign, but to be sovereign, one nation under God. God bless you wherever you are. Stay tuned, stay strong, stay connected, and more great stuff is on the way. And shalom. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. It's an honor and a pleasure to broadcast to you wherever you are and keep you in part of the story. And you guys keep me as part of your story. By writing me an email, Yishai at YishaiFleischer.com, Yishai at TheLandOfIsrael.com. Thanks again to Yocheved, to Moshe Herman, to Tabitha, to Ben Bresky, and to Lou for helping get the show out to the world. You guys are awesome. And wherever you are, and you help the show get out, and you help this message get out, which is really the most important thing, uh, is awesome. So thank you very much. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. In the meantime, let's get strong together. Let's let's get our faith together. Let's look, get our get our Eretz Israel uh, on our walls and, and in our in our wine and in our bloodstream and in our prayers. Let's be part of this great time. Let's get juiced up to to be to be to have any impact. To to you know, as I always say, if you're going to be uh, the tail of the lion, wag it right. Just wag it strong and be part. Be excited. Uh, for this great time that we're living in. Don't let anything bring you down. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. That's right. Send blessings. Keep passing them on. And shalom. Join the Land of Israel Network Fellowship. Sign up today and join the revolution. Inviting the world to learn Torah from Judea with Jeremy Gimpel and Ari Abramowitz. 
We may come up short on becoming the person we want to be, but that's not the point. Happiness is progress. Wandering aimlessly through a meaningless life is a recipe for suffering. What could be worse than walking around the desert for absolutely nothing? But as long as we are walking toward the land of Israel, every step has purpose. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.